Hi, I'm Emily. I'm Frida's mama. Hi, I'm Gia. I'm Thor's mama. Welcome to Frida and Thor. Frida and Thor were born 10 days apart in 2019, and Gia and I are both first-time moms living in two different countries, raising bilingual children. As I navigate first-time motherhood and I'm attracted to a less traditional approach to raising Frida, I will always go to Gia with questions due to her extensive educational background. Despite my master's in early childhood development, formal training, and working with children for many years, I find raising Thor provides continued learning experience and I absolutely love it. In our Frida and Thor podcast, we share these conversations, questions, and surprises with you on a weekly basis, so hopefully you can relate, feel supported, and learn along with us. Okay, let's talk about art. Let's talk about art. It's such a fun subject. Before I became a mother, there were certain things I really wanted my child to do, and art was one of them. However, so were many other things. But art was actually one I I followed or I've kept true to almost on a daily basis. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you are an incredible artist yourself. So can imagine that it provides a lot of comforting feedback and is something so fun to do with her. I definitely have been excited to do art with him only because I find it so fascinating to see what they come up with and what they enjoy doing. And I really hope that I can foster experience for him that is enjoyable so that it's something that can become an outlet for him and a place where he can feel comfortable expressing his feelings and his emotions. It can be so therapeutic and I really want that for him. I am doing my best to kind of not shadow his experiences and trying to have it be as free and open as possible. I feel like it took a little convincing but once she's been she's been convinced now. I remember getting some paper and some crayons and you recommended some things to me which were really helpful. And I think that was about eight months, nine months, maybe? Yeah, that sounds exactly right. I do remember you really wanting to do that with her. And if I remember correctly, she had been eating for quite some time and was becoming pretty proficient with her utensils, which was so impressive. And I remember you asking me, how can I teach her to draw? Because it's something that I enjoy and want to do with her. And a light bulb went off and I was so excited about it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) We talked about all these different kinds of crayons and ways to do things and it's turned out quite well. It's a little bit discouraging because on the packages, you know, they always have these age restrictions. And now I look at age restrictions and I just ignore them completely. But when she was nine months old, I definitely did concern, oh, is this too old for her? Is this okay? She gets frustrated easily. I think it was very helpful to have your reassurance. We got some paper and we put it down on the coffee table in her grandmother's room. And we just kind of left some crayons around and would color ourselves. I think that was your suggestion just doodle. Yeah, it is really interesting. And something I think as a mom, I've been more, you know, akin to paying attention to the age suggestions or age recommendations on packages of things kind of blows my mind sometimes. (laughs) I really also think as a mom or as a caregiver, you really have to think about your child and what they're capable of and also what you're capable of and how you feel like monitoring that particular 
activity and go with that. Obviously, there's reasons why they put the number on the package, but <laughs> for me, I tend to take a different, a little different approach. At the same time, you know, they are in the sensory motor stage all the way up until two, give or take. I do know that they are going to mouth things because that's how they're figuring it out. That's how they're learning about the material. And you have to be able to decide for yourself what kind of level of risk you're willing to take and how you want to deal with that. My personal approach with it is the positive, you know, reinforcement type where I try not to pay attention too much to talking a lot about what he's putting in his mouth. Instead, kind of reinforce the positives of what he's doing in his activity. So he's putting the crayon on the paper. Wow, you touched the crayon to the paper. Look, you made a mark. Like kind of make that more exciting than, <laughs> than putting it in his mouth and kind of making it as boring as possible when I'm asking him to take something out of his mouth. And so far, it's working pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're not focusing on how the crayon tastes. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we did start with crayons too when he was about eight months old. And I tried uh, several different ways. And it, it also took for us a little bit of, of coaxing because naturally when they're introduced to a new material, they kind of are like, oh, this is interesting. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'll try again later. <laughs> and that's normal if they don't want to do it right away and aren't super into it right away. It sometimes can take, you know, several attempts before they figure it out and kind of are into it. It took several months for Frida to be into it. It truly did. I was thinking about it. And yeah, for about three months, she might go there. We would draw a little something. She would get bored. She'd carry it around. She'd make a mark. She'd move on. Then all of a sudden, once she turned one, we clicked for her. And now she really could do this, sit down for half an hour, sometimes more, multiple times a day and color. What I think might have clicked for her was she discovered pens and then we were able to get her markers. So I don't, I do feel like the crayons were a great precursor because they weren't as messy. They were, I feel like le less toxic or um, safer, but she likes holding something smaller that's easy for her. And she likes the way the pens or markers mark because she doesn't have to press so hard. Absolutely. 100%. And that's the fun thing about art too, is that a repeated experience exposure type of activity and providing different types of art is so helpful and beneficial for them because they may find that they like painting or crayons or or chalk or anything like that. And you kind of have to give them the opportunity to try all the different things because it is so unique to every person, what they kind of that sensory experience of how it works and, and what happens. And it is so fun to watch. And exactly, she loves those markers and the pens and it's amazing to watch her. It's getting really fun. And I also learned she enjoys notebooks. So we bought a bunch because she likes to flip through it and to look through it. And I liked your suggestion of not worrying about getting any color books this early plain paper or blank paper is great up until two years old really until about three four okay yeah I'm okay with that um the, you want to give them the opportunity to have that freedom to figure out what they're doing and not close in their experience the thing that the coloring pages can be good for is when they're starting to practice writing a little bit and they're working on that controlled movement of staying inside the lines outside of that you really want to give them the freedom of expression and use all that white space or leave the white space if that's the way you like it. <laughs> I tend to have the suggestion to, to stay away from the coloring pages until three to four, sometimes 
later if you can, if they're, if they're working on their writing just fine. As a, you know, photographer, I feel like it totally makes sense. I tend, especially early in my photography to career to not look at or see, or even have a lot going on around me, especially if I'm editing, like my, my desktop was always like gray and I didn't have very many pictures on my walls because you almost want this clear frame of mind in order to focus on what you're actually doing <laughs> on the smaller scale. I can see that true with a child, you know, if there's all these pictures and you're looking at it and, and then all these colors to kind of simplify it for them so they can focus on their action. I think that has helped Rita personally, which reminds me of another thing I learned when I first started with her. I like pulled out all the different kinds of crayons. I lined them all up and, you know, I gave her all these options and now I realize she just needs two, you know, two, two markers, two pens, whatever. She, even one is fine. And she's totally happy. So when we go out, I have a little bag with her notebook and two or three markers and that's that's all she needs yeah that is such a good point because oftentimes kids children infants <laughs> have a hard time organizing themselves when there's a lot going on they're still new at processing everything that's going on around them and that is such a good point to kind of help simplify to focus regulate themselves that is such a good suggestion and something that i have to remind myself frequently and it was something that i wasn't always the best at when i was teaching and sometimes i would have a hard day and try to reflect on it and say what was going on everyone was so crazy what was happening and then i think about it and i'm like you know what i had way too many toys out yeah <laughs> It was chaotic in the classroom. Learning from others and how they set up classrooms and how they set up things, it helps a lot. It helps me. I don't know why I don't think of it. I like it when things are tidy. So of course. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That uh, Jason and I were having the same conversation because we always have worked freelance and always have worked from home. I'm sure a lot of people in COVID are discovering this now. Mm -hmm. You can't get to work if there's so many things around you. And it was quite rewarding to be like, oh, I can buy these markers markers and they will last for possibly a year or more. It's not because at first I went to Amazon and I just spent over a hundred euros on art supplies. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say art supplies, I literally mean notebooks and markers. I have not even dabbled in like paints or Play-Doh or like yeah. anything. It's just strictly <laughs> markers and pins and notebooks at this point in time and I'm actually very excited to try some more stuff she's loving the markers in the notebooks right now that's awesome that's another good point too is I really like to combine many different child development theories and philosophies and one from the Waldorf School of Education and Montessori is one that they really believe in providing real high quality materials especially in the domain of art to the children because when they experience those things, they look good and they feel good to use. It promotes that positive experience rather than a crayon that kind of leaves those marks when you use it. That being said though, it doesn't mean that you can't use some random crayon that you've had for 20 years. <laughs> 
you can totally use them. Having access to an adult version of markers could be really beneficial for them to give them that responsibility. Being able to use those things feels good. There's a type of way that we carry our body when we're giving them something that's real and high quality and they can sense that. It's just a different experience. You can do it anyway, any which way you want, but those are kind of the extremes. Feel free to go anywhere within that range. Try them all. Well, you just made me feel better about giving my bougie one-year-old all moleskin <laughs> notebooks because that's all she colors in. <laughs> I will say that all her markers, and there are many variations, are all children's and washable. Mm-hmm. Even though they say washable, <laughs> <laughs> it's a varying degree of washable, and it can be very <laughs> difficult to get off and... I've learned though that, you know, if you have hand sanitizer, that actually helps get it off. Yep. It doesn't just come off with water always. <laughs> no, completely. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is so true. I have also heard of a hack crayon. If you have a surface that it's that it's really stuck on and, and it's not quote unquote wash washable, washing off the essential oil, lemongrass oil. Apparently it takes it off, no problem. Definitely test it on a small area if it's some visible or expensive piece of furniture, but that can help too. We also did chalk too. I, I shouldn't just exclusively say pens and markers. Um, and we found these chalk markers, which were incredible. They were neon. And you gave the suggestion too to let her color on different surfaces and different types of media. I did save like a really cool bag that like a package came in and some different wrapping paper and some stuff so that has also been fun to flip through but these chalk markers were so fun you could go on leaves you could go on rocks you could go on all this different stuff and she loved them and she wore through them and I need to get some more yeah outside chalk drawing has been really cool and I even found chalk spray paint what she's a little bit she can't control but she did have fun playing with it oh wow that's so fun drawing and experiencing different media is so fun for them and can be such a fun experience together too to go find stuff to paint on (laughs) see if it crinkles and can do all these different experiments with them these little scientists that's so fun emily Yeah, no, it's really fun. I really do love it. We're kind of wondering if she's going to be a righty or a lefty because she uses both hands. That too takes a while to develop. I have heard stories that some children start out as left-handed and then suddenly they go right-handed and vice versa. A lot of kids use both hands for a while. Part of that reason is because they are still developing this sense of their midline of their body. So if you kind of think about if you were to draw a line from the middle of your forehead all the way down between your legs, so that line that cuts your body basically in half, they are working on finding that midline and what that means is they are connecting the movements between the cerebral hemispheres of their brain so they're using both hands and when they reach from one side of their body to the other side they're connecting those two hemispheres and that takes a lot of practice and a lot of skills to do allowing them to have this free opportunity to draw helps with that a lot oftentimes you'll see them use art utensil 
whatever it might be, crayon pen, in one hand and they'll be drawing and then they switch to the other hand. And what they're doing is they're kind of trying to bring those two together and work the different sides of their body and brain. And eventually they become pretty proficient in it and are able to cross the midline in a controlled way. And so oftentimes they don't choose right-handed or left-handed for quite some time because it takes a lot of practice and a lot of different domains throughout the day, physical, cognitive. I mean, they're working on this 24 seven. It is really fascinating to watch them do art and kind of watch that progress over time. But it is also helpful for kind of visual tracking and very, very, very early skills of reading. And it's just so amazing. <laughs> really cool. I never thought to like connect those type of things, like how physical, you know, art is, especially for, you know, a toddler or a young child and how it connects to reading, but it completely makes sense. They're doing that hand-eye coordination, tracking where their hand is going, what marks they're making on the paper. And it's sometimes so fascinating to me when they're doing these little tasks, all the stuff that's happening in their brain to get this to work. <laughs> And they're making these connections and the more they do it, the, the stronger their connections are made. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And if you aren't convinced, um, those listening, so I am actually quite strict with Frida when she colors, although downstairs there's a coffee table that's covered in paper that she has kind of free access to mm -hmm. when she's upstairs with me, we have the trip trap high chair and we have a standing ladder chair and she's only allowed to color in those two places. So when she is coloring, especially because it's markers, you know, she's mm -hmm. confined essentially to a table and she loves it. She's more than happy. And I'll give her the choice. Hey, do you want to sit here or here when you draw? She usually chooses to sit in the trip trap high chair and I can do stuff. <laughs> It's yeah. amazing. I mean, she she enjoys it when I sit down with her and my cat drawings have gotten pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they have gotten pretty good. <laughs> That's my signature move is uh, my, my cat drawing. Uh, and Frida appreciates it and gives it kisses. But um, yeah, she will be entertained and I can do the dishes. I can do some laundry. I can kind of move around the house and check in with her. It has given me a lot of freedom and her too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you were talking about a lot of things clicked, I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense because it's similar to when they're starting to eat, where they're using their hands and they're using all of these new skills that they're trying to develop and having their feet grounded, it helps them focus on what they're trying to do. And then also just that structure, knowing that that's what's going to happen, knowing that those are the two places that they can do that and, and feeling comfortable with that routine, I think is fantastic. But you also let her draw outside. So there's a lot of movement that happens with that outdoors as well. And I think all of those things are fantastic. That's true. But, you know, when she was drawing outside, I was like, oh, goodness, she's going to be a future tagger or because <laughs> it was everywhere. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So I think contrast is always good. We have super strict regimented color time upstairs and outside is free play. Yeah. One other thing that I remembered with this early drawing is another precursor to early reading and language because 
when they make this mark, we don't know what they're marking and they don't oftentimes either for a while, they're learning that their mark means something. That is a very early precursor into understanding kind of literacy that a letter has a meaning. Granted, there's a lot that happens there in between to get to reading. I know we had talked about at one time where teachers and educators have learned and we do our best to kind of not talk about how their drawing was overall good, but you know, noticing you're using you're using a lot of green or wow, you made a long mark with that red or things like that. And and that's to keep their mind open so that we're not closing in on, oh, that's awesome. You did that. That's so beautiful. And then they're like, okay, cool, I'm done. <laughs> My really good friend's mom was educated in child development, and he is probably one of the most artistic and talented people I know. But growing up, he would ask his mom when he did a drawing at school, oh, hey, mom, do you really like this? Do you think it's good? And she would just say, I see what you did there with those lines, and I like how you use this. And he would get so frustrated with her just just say it's good. I know it's good. All my friends have told me it's good. Just tell me it's good. I want to hear that. And it would frustrate him so much. But and I think it's so funny. But at the other hand, you know, he is one of the most talented and the most humble people I have ever met. So I think even though it drove him absolutely crazy, it worked. It really worked. Yeah, there is definitely a reason and I totally could understand his frustration. <laughs> but it is so true. It's something that we are taught to keep an open mind and to positively push them to keep going and to keep using that creative expression and figure out what that means that they use so much red in such a nice way or, you know, etc. But it's also something that I realized that we do with coaching in sports, or at least I did, and that's how I was coached also, where you remark on something that they did well, but not that the whole thing was great particularly because you're continuing to practice. And so if the whole thing is great, why do I have to continue practicing? <laughs> true, true. But we had also talked about kind of the mess that art can sometimes create. Yeah. You kind of control that inside by having designated areas of where you've set limits on where she can color, which is a fantastic way to control mess in the house. My take on it is really, if you're going to do something that is potentially going to be messy, the best way that I have in reducing the frustration with the mess is well, two things. One, kind of be prepared for it. So I tend to use a, a splat mat, or you can use an old shower curtain or whatever thing you don't mind getting messy or painted on or washing and then having clothes that you don't mind getting dirty washing etc or just wearing a diaper whatever you feel comfortable with temperature permitting i suppose and then the other thing that i find really fun and thor particularly enjoys is helping me clean up <laughs> so um I oftentimes will give him a, a sponge that is designated as his own and he will help clean up things that accidentally went on the floor or the cabinet or whatever. And it provides uh, an activity for him to do while I actually do most of the cleaning. <laughs> and then outside too, you can paint in the bathtub. You can be outside where if you have a hose that you can hose things down. But don't feel, I guess, overwhelmed by limiting their art exposure because of mess. Do what you feel comfortable with. And also Emily and I, I know, have started art fairly early. If you're 
at home thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't done any art with my baby. Don't worry, it's definitely not too late. And you also have to make a decision about your own child's skills and what you feel comfortable with and go from there. There really is no right or wrong in this department. <laughs> and like I said, it took three months of me drawing cat and wine glasses and coffee cups before Rita finally got it. <laughs> Yes, 100%. And there have been times too where I've had it out in an accessible place where, you know, I felt comfortable with him getting messy. And then I had to take it away because it really just became kind of like a frustration point where I'm like, oh, you're really just using these to chew on and oh, bummer. So there are times where it's not appropriate where he might be in a different developmental phase at the moment where crayons just aren't the right choice. You could bring that later and try again next month or within two months or whatever it might be. Try a different material, a different media. Frida actually has moved on to a new medium, oh. which is nail polish. Ooh. Yeah. And this is much more messier and you should see Jason's feet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have three different colors of peelable, non-toxic children's nail polish, and she is super into it. Black is a very good color. Yeah, that takes a quite a bit of coordination. Wow, that's impressive. I am sure that mm -hmm. Thor would be really into screwing the tops off of that and putting them back on. Mm -hmm. I am not so convinced he's ready to not eat it. <laughs> We got lucky with Frida with not eating it, but you know, she doesn't even, she understands that it's meant to go on hands and feet, but today she started painting our neighbor's socks. So the concept of nails is not quite there yet. <laughs> that's adorable. Maybe you should get her some paintbrushes. I, I think so. I think that's I my think next. she's ready for some, some paint. I think she is. I don't know if I'm ready for the mess, but I will, I will sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not having a lot of success and you are wanting to try different things, I did also tape up construction paper to the wall, which, yes, can be very risky. Um, <laughs> but I, I basically put up such a large space that I was, I felt pretty confident about the fact that it wouldn't go outside the walls. A lot of people ask me, well, isn't that just teaching them to write on the wall? And it's a very fine line. Yeah. Because there's paper there. And it's a fine line of also giving them that responsibility, which mind you, this is not like full on responsibility. They don't understand that much yet, but it's the beginning of it, right? So it's just the very beginning um, when we have to have a lot of patience. I found it pretty successful. He enjoyed it and he does like standing up and coloring. I think that he is kind of the type that needs to have his body moving a little bit. And I just quite frankly, haven't really had the opportunity to have him sit down at a table to do it, but I can't wait to do that because I think he's going to love it too. <laughs> but that was just the thing that I thought of is trying something standing up versus sitting down can be helpful uh, just depending on your, on your baby. Everybody's so different. I really like my system that I have though, too, of just outside free play, but just give them, yeah. give her chalk and the chalk pins are so cool. Yeah. And then inside it's really about sitting down just because it allows that control. Totally. And it helps her calm down. It looks like she's able to kind of regulate and really move through different energy states and emotional states. It's, it, it, it's beautiful what you've done. It's so great. Thank you. I tried really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
it's important. But we would like to know if you guys have any questions about this. Um, if you want to know what materials we're using or... Yeah, suggestions. If you have any specific questions, Gia's really good at answering those. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to help anytime. And yeah, if you just want to tell us your story or if you have something you think we should try, let us know. We really would like to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Until next time. 